Greetings, people loved by God. Welcome to worship on this, the third Sunday in the season of Lent. For our friends who are worshiping online, we welcome you as well. Uh, remind, a reminder to go to our website, chapelofthecross.org, and you'll find the service bulletin service under the resources tab. There's also options for giving your offering to the Lord under the give tab. Just a few announcements to share with everybody this morning before we begin worship. Today we welcome back a very good friend of Chapel of the Cross to share the word with us this morning. Pastor Jim Marriott is up from Texas, Concordia, Texas, to be with us. So good to see him and, and Christy and the kids, and we welcome them back to Chapel of the Cross today. Lenten midweek worship continues on Wednesday mornings and Wednesday evenings. 11 a.m. and 6.30 p.m. are the worship times. Please join us for supper prior to that evening worship service. Supper is served starting at 5 p.m. down in the gym. If you have attended those Wednesday services, you have seen the write-up regarding the special drawings that are up on the walls in the sanctuary here during the season of Lent. That write-up is also included this morning at the end of your bulletin today, so I encourage you to take a look at that sometime. Um, those drawings were created by chapel member Jeff Arnold as part of his college master's thesis, and for years they, they hung from the sanctuary walls in Emmanuel Lutheran Chapel. But, but since the closing of Emmanuel Chapel this past summer, Jeff brought them here to Chapel of the Cross, and we are very blessed to be able to have them hang for our benefit in the sanctuary during this season of Lent. We look forward to a special visit from the Concert Symphonic Band from Concordia University, Nebraska. That's tomorrow, tomorrow evening, Monday, March 13th. That special concert will start at 7 p.m. 
Over 50 young men and women under the direction of Dr. Kurt Von Kampen will be playing, and you won't want to miss that. It's going to be a wonderful concert. So uh, invite others to come with you as well. That's tomorrow night, Monday, March 13th at 7 p.m. here in the sanctuary. And last week, you heard from Mike and Ellen Kay regarding the mission trip to northern Canada being planned for this summer with Lutheran Association of Missionaries and Pilots, or LAMP. Uh, there will be a, be a meeting to get more information about that, some specific uh, information about that mission trip next Sunday, March 19th. That'll take place after the late service. So if you're any... Um, at all thinking about that in either going to it or supporting that in one way, shape, or form, please come to that informational meeting uh, next Sunday after the late worship service time. And our elder for this weekend is Stan Schweedy. Stan is standing in the back there. He's going to greet you at the back door as you, as you leave today. Get to know Stan as one of your elders here at chapel. God's blessings to you as we worship together this morning. We stand and share the peace of our Lord with one another, after which we will sing our opening hymn.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Since we have such a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus Christ our Lord, let us with confidence draw near to God that we may receive mercy and find grace in time of need. Have mercy on us, O God, according to your loving kindness. In your great mercy, wash away our iniquity and cleanse us from our sin. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and renew a right spirit within us. Do not remove us from your presence. Do not take your spirit away. Restore to us the joy of your salvation and sustain us with your spirit. Amen. God is merciful and gracious, granting forgiveness through Jesus Christ to all who confess their sin. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, whose glory it is always to have mercy, be gracious to all who have gone astray from your ways and bring them again with penitent hearts and steadfast faith to embrace and hold fast the unchangeable truth of your word. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. The Old Testament reading is from the 17th chapter of Exodus. The whole Israelite community set out from the desert of Sin, traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. So they quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Moses replied, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty for water there, and they grumbled against Moses. They said, Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and livestock die of thirst? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, What am I to do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord answered Moses, Walk on ahead of the people. Take with you some of the elders of Israel 
and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile, and go. I will stand there before you by the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock, and water will come out of it for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel, and he called the place Massah and Meribah, because the Israelites quarreled, and because they tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? This is the word of the Lord.
The epistle is from the fifth chapter of Romans. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our heart by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This is the word of the Lord. Be God. We stand for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the fourth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. So Jesus came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the swell and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and herds? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. Fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. 
We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated as we sing our hymn together. Jesus, dear Christian friends, last Sunday 
Our gospel lesson included what is most likely the, the, the best known Bible verse, at least in our time. Anybody remember what that was last week? John 3, 16. Ellen remembers. Good. Thanks, Ellen. Yeah, most of you do. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And John 3, 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. That was last week, John 3, 16 and 17. This week, in John chapter 4, we get a glimpse of what exactly Jesus means by the world. For God so loved the world. The Samaritans and the Jews were next-door neighbors, but they were worlds apart. They were next-door neighbors, but worlds apart. They shared a somewhat similar ethnic heritage, but they had some pretty significant religious differences that sharply divided them. Jews did not associate with Samaritans. In fact, when the Jews would travel from Judea up to Galilee, oftentimes they would go around Samaria in order to get to Galilee. So again, they're going from Judea to Galilee. They'd go around Samaria. It'd be kind of like if we traveled from St. Louis to Chicago and totally avoided central Illinois because we didn't associate with them. No offense to our friends, any of who are here in central Illinois. But it'd be like going to Indy and then going up I-65 to get to Chicago, that kind of workaround. The Jews did not associate with the Samaritans. They didn't talk with them. They most certainly did not eat with them or drink with them. And there was immense social tension between them. They were next-door neighbors, but they were worlds apart. And Jesus comes to and through Samaria. And things, quite frankly, get a little weird. That often happens with Jesus. So Jesus stops to rest by this well, Jacob's well, part of the shared heritage between the Jews and the Samaritans. And the Samaritan woman comes to draw water at the well around noon in the heat of the day. Usually, water was drawn at the end of the day, in the cool of the day. One might even imagine this was kind of a social time, kind of an end of the day uh, time to relax and socialize together around the watering hole. But this woman comes when no one else is there, at the hottest part of the day. So here are Jesus, and this woman, they're next-door neighbors, and they're worlds apart. And the woman knows it. We read in the text that her suspicions are up right away as she starts interacting with Jesus. Jesus asked her for a drink, and she is so floored by the request that she actually talks back to Jesus. She has to remind Jesus that Jesus is a Jew 
And how is it that a Jewish man can ask me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? Next door neighbors, worlds apart. And Jesus continues to break down the barriers. He responds by telling her that he has this living water to offer her, water that wells up to eternal life. And whether sarcastic or genuine, we can't tell in the text, and pastor's reading of it did not betray either a sarcastic tone or a genuine tone. But whatever her tone, she responds saying, sure, give me this living water so that I don't have to come to this well every day and in the heat of the day. And then Jesus keeps talking. And he seems to cut deep. Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replies. And if Jesus had shocked her before by asking for a drink or by talking about this living water, he's now even more shocking as he recounts for her, right in front of her, her relationship history. Next-door neighbors, worlds apart, but inching together as Jesus builds these connections with her. But she responds again, reminding him of the distance between them. You Jews worship in Jerusalem, and we worship on this mountain. Hmm. And Jesus responds again, this time totally breaking down the barriers that are between them, saying that the time has now come when all true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Next-door neighbors, worlds apart, worlds coming together. And then the final interaction of our text. The woman says, I know that Messiah is coming, and he will explain everything to us. And Jesus looks at her and says, I am he of who you speak. Y'all, it's, it's hard to explain. It's hard to articulate how world-changing this interaction is. This Jewish man speaking to a Samaritan woman, asking for a drink, speaking of living water, and telling her that he is the Messiah. Jesus the Messiah comes, reconciling those who are worlds apart, worlds apart, made one, brought together in the lordship of Jesus the Christ. Do you ever feel worlds apart from God? I know I do. There have been times that I have been so hurt, so broken by this world that it's hard to see God at work. I've been so tired from the journey, so parched from wandering through the deserts of this world that I can barely survive. I've been so filled with shame 
that I try to avoid God and I try to avoid others and I would avoid myself if I could. The evils of this world overwhelm me. My sin, my shame, my failures, they actually seem to widen the gap between me and God. I've been that Samaritan woman. I am the Samaritan woman in so many ways. And I imagine you are as well, in your own way. And Jesus sees this woman. He sees her. He sees her hurt. He sees her brokenness. He sees the layers of shame that she carries. And he proclaims to her that he is the Messiah, that he is the Savior. He is the one who offers living water welling up to eternal life. And Jesus sees you. He sees your hurt. He sees your brokenness. He sees the layers of shame that you carry. And he proclaims to you that he is your Messiah, that he is your Savior. For God so loved the world that he sent his only Son, that whoever believes in the life and the death and the resurrection of his Son, Jesus Christ, will not perish, but will have the promise of life and salvation and forgiveness. For God so loved the world. For God so loved the Samaritan woman. For God so loved you. God sees you and sees all of those who are worlds apart from him. And he brings them close. He brings them together through his living water that springs to eternal life. For God so loved the world. This happened to you in your baptism. In sin and without faith, you were separated from God. Worlds apart from God in sin and without faith. But through him, through the promises of his word, through the washing with living water, you who were far off have been brought near. You who were worlds apart from God, have been brought together. God made you his own in baptism. God adopted you into his family. For God so loved you. And as God has sent his son as Messiah for the world, as God has reconciled the world to himself through Jesus, as God has washed you and all believers clean in the living waters of your baptism, God teaches you to see the world differently. Those who were once worlds apart have been brought near. Those who were once journeying through the desert of sin and death, have now been given living water, welling up to eternal life. The surprised and shocked disciples, they come back. We don't see that in this story, in what we read today. But they come back, and they, they don't understand. 
They say, Jesus, why are you talking to the Samaritan woman? And yet, I can't help but think that the disciples themselves, at least a few of them, must have thought of their own calling. Peter, who when Jesus calls him says, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. Matthew, the tax collector, who brought shame to his family and to his nation. Jesus calls them. Those who had been worlds apart are brought together in this Messiah. And after Jesus' death and resurrection, Jesus would declare to these same disciples that they would be his witnesses where? In Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So we too are witnesses of our Messiah. Even to next door neighbors who are worlds apart from us. Y'all ever interact with neighbors who are worlds apart from you? I know I do every day, right? Every day we interact with people who are worlds apart from us. They're different ethnicities. They speak different languages. They have different political perspectives, different moral compasses, different worldviews. But we in Christ know that we have one Messiah, that there is one Messiah for the world. And we are all offered living water welling up to eternal life. And we are all called to worship God together in spirit and in truth. That Samaritan woman was worlds apart from Jesus. And Jesus brought her in. You were worlds apart from Jesus. And Jesus has brought you in. And there are others around us every day who are worlds apart from Jesus. May the Holy Spirit use his church to call those to repentance and to life, to eternal life, in the living waters that spring up to Christ's promises of forgiveness and salvation for the world. For God so loved the world. For God so loved you. Amen. We rise and make witness of our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit the Lord and giver of life, 
who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. You may be seated as we gather our offering to the Lord. Please stand as you are able for the prayer of the church. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. All praise and thanks be to you, O God, for the glory of your mercy and your grace shown to this world in Jesus Christ. Give to your whole family of faith your light and your peace. Bind us together in your love and make us a thankful people full of works of mercy. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Bless the preaching of your word, O Lord. Give boldness and confidence to all pastors and leaders in the church and to every child of God to proclaim the good news of your grace to all people of every race and nation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who are not members of the Christian faith, that many more will hear the gospel and by the Spirit's power turn to Christ as the one who died for all. Use us as your instruments as we share the blessing of faith with others. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. 
Gracious God, bless the leaders of nations with wisdom that they may serve to guide their citizens in the ways of justice, peace, and liberty. Let your blessing rest also upon our own country that we may serve you and all people in freedom. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O Lord, we pray for those who serve our country in the armed forces. We ask that you would guard and protect them in the fulfillment of their duties in domestic and foreign lands. For all who work in our communities for safety, order, and protection, be with them in their service. For all who use your gifts and abilities given for the health and the well-being of others in medical fields, guide their care. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Grant your healing, Lord, to the ill, the infirm, or the hospitalized. Especially today, we remember Bob Crowder as he is recently diagnosed with cancer, Robert Cunningham, Jessica Glenn, Bessie Mosley as she has surgery tomorrow, Bud and Gail Schultz, Johnny Spears, and others who need your healing, whom we name before you in our hearts. Bind up the hearts of those who are troubled. Heal the wounds of those who suffer disease or injury. And comfort those who are burdened. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O God, help us always to remember that all good things come from you. We praise and thank you for another year of life given to Steve Seibert. We praise, praise you along with him and his family for his, for, as they celebrate his birthday tomorrow. We also praise you for the good gift of marriage, and we rejoice with all those who are celebrating wedding anniversaries, especially Gary and Diane Tim, as they celebrate 40 years of marriage. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. In this season of Lent, continue to open our ears to hear your word, to repent of sin, and to be drawn to the cross of Christ. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give you thanks, O Lord, Holy Father, almighty and everlasting God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who brought the gift of salvation to all people by his death on the tree of the cross, so that the devil who overcame us by a tree would in turn by a tree be overcome. Therefore, with all the saints on earth and hosts of heaven, we praise your holy name and join their glorious song.
Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us ever to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples. And he said, take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And the same way also he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. This do as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
We stand. Now may this eating and drinking keep and preserve you in the true faith until life everlasting. Go in the Lord's peace and in his joy. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with spiritual food, the body and blood of Christ. All who come to you will not hunger. All who believe in you will not thirst. Empowered by this sacrament, send us back into the world to do the work that you have given us to do, to share the gospel and be faithful disciples of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. We remain standing as we sing our recessional hymn together. What wondrous love is this?